2: Welcome to this Friday episode of Live Mike, episode number 93, seven away from 100. How are we going to celebrate that? Got any ideas for me? 57500. 5, 0, 0. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Love to hear from you uh, as we gear up to celebrate the 100th episode of this new program here on KSL News Radio. Coronavirus. You heard of it? Yeah, it's having an impact on our lives and how we do business and how politics uh, is run and all sorts of stuff. Think back a few months uh, or a few weeks, rather. Let's say six weeks. Six weeks ago, uh, producer Amy and I were sitting back as we do each morning trying to figure out what the important news of the day was. We were just starting to learn about this coronavirus and the impact it may have on our lives. And there was a lot of speculation about how things may change down the road. Maybe certain events would be canceled. That was crazy talk in those days. In fact, I can remember a day uh, where Amy and I were back and forth debating whether or not it was uh, too much, too much, if it was uh, what 's the word uh, just an exaggeration of of reality for me to do a uh, a story just outrageous reporting for me to do a story and have a conversation with you about the possibility of postponing the Olympics. you remember that remember when uh, that day I brought up the fact that maybe the Olympics could be postponed yeah no that that wasn 't like shock jock kind of stuff, it turns out. Uh, Yeah, and the Olympics are, in fact, postponed a year, and it was along those uh, same days when We were wondering how the political conventions here in the state of Utah may be impacted. I I remember making phone calls to uh, Derek Brown, the chair of the GOP here in the state of Utah as well. uh, Jeff Merchant, uh, who is the chair of the Utah Democratic Party, asking them about how their party may be responding to the coronavirus, specifically in terms of how they were to execute their conventions. Well, uh, those conventions are at hand. And uh, for the next half hour or so, I'm going to be speaking to uh, the respective chairman, of the uh, major political parties here in the state of Utah, to one, see how things are going, uh, and two, see how this may set a standard for the future. My first guest is Jeff Merchant, Utah Democratic Party Chairman, joins me on the line now. Jeff, sir, how you doing? I'm great, how are you? Not too bad. L- let me ask you a favor. Please try not to make too many jokes about uh, I- injecting Clorox and using uh, the UV sun's <laughs> rays to, to cure us <laughs> of. <laughs> I know you're tempted. I Atomical know after yesterday. Mistake. <laughs> uh well i'll tell you what let me ask you this how uh you are in the midst essentially of the of the convention uh, how is it going thus far a, a relying entirely on technology
0: you know it's actually been really great uh, obviously like you like you just mentioned none of us were prepared for anything like this and so we've really had to think on our feet and uh really make a lot of of substantial changes. But to be honest with you, in many ways, the changes that we've made have brought our candidates closer to the delegates. I think that our delegates uh, going into voting tomorrow will be more educated on uh, the candidates than they have been in a very, very long time for the Democratic Party. So I'd say that it's there have been some positives as a result of this, many negatives, but uh, certainly some positives as well.
2: Talk to me more about that education. What about the what about today's circumstances are leading delegates to be more familiar with their with their candidates? Yeah.
0: So what the Democratic Party here in Utah decided to do was create a website that was exclusive, uh, exclusively for this convention. So we took all of the candidates' information, we put it onto that website. Um, We essentially put uh, videos of all of the candidates' floor speeches that they would give on that website. And then beginning about last Thursday, we began to have all of our regular meetings like we would normally have on, uh, you know, what we would have done all day tomorrow on Saturday. So our candidates have had time to get to know and meet uh, constituents that would be in our Veterans Caucus and our Environmental Caucus and any of our identity or uh, issue caucuses the Democratic Party has, and they've been able to actually spend some time with them. Normally what happens is Saturday morning comes around and candidates are running from room to room, giving 30-second speeches out, telling folks why they should vote uh, for, for that candidate, and then moving on. So this time, people have had a chance to really get to know them. And then the other thing that we did were candidate forums. So on Saturday, And then, again, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we had forums for our uh, constituents to go in, for our delegates, excuse me, to go in and watch live on Facebook uh, these candidates interacting. They were able to ask ask and answer questions. Um, I had questions for them. Uh, People on Facebook had questions. Anybody could, could ask anything they wanted of these candidates, and they got to know who they were in a very different way than they've gotten to know them in the past.
2: I see. Let me ask you this question. It may be unfair. Uh, and so I answer however you will. Uh, but my name's on the door. So I'll ask whatever question I want. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> there, there are a number of races being decided uh, in the Democratic Party this weekend at the primary level. Uh, some of those uh, are probably more easy to predict than others, but there will be possibly some close races. If you had to, uh, for, for those of us uh, out here who have limited time to pay attention to this stuff, maybe we are of a different party, but we would like to know uh, what the Democrats are up to. Uh, which races in particular would you invite folks to pay particular attention to?
1: Well, I mean, I think
0: that at this point our attorney general candidate is uh, all but decided, Greg Scordis, who uh, is a well-respected attorney, uh, lives up in um, Eden, Utah, and uh, it looks like he's probably going to get through without too much concern. Um, You know, any of the congressional races are going to probably be the closer the closer ones. And, of course, we've got the governor's race that has six candidates. Now, Of course, these candidates haven't gotten uh, nearly the attention that the Republican uh, gubernatorial candidates have. But I will I will certainly say that we have some folks that uh, I put up against a Republican any time, any day of the week. And and some of these folks are, are whip smart and uh, they'll they'll represent the party pretty well.
2: I've had a, an opportunity to speak to to most of your candidates on the Democratic side running for governor is uh, some fun, impressive, uh, sometimes colorful folks. Uh, I think to see how that one shakes out. Uh, Now let me ask you this: There is a a slight little tweak that you've made to your rules and practices, and it has to do with electioneering uh, day of the election. In the past, you uh, have shied away from, or at least uh, you know, requested that candidates not make uh, you know these electioneering type calls to candidates, and yet that's relaxed a little bit this year. Talk to me about that for a moment, please.
0: Sure. So our rules committee met last week. We had a a lively discussion about this topic. In general, the the purpose for that rule is you know usually we all gather in a big auditorium or you know in a ballroom or something like that people give their speeches and then we open uh, we open up time for balloting and what we have discouraged is candidates sitting right there at the at the ballot box trying to encourage delegates to vote for them right, as they're dropping that ballot into the box, right? Mm -hmm. It's really somewhat akin to rules that a lot of states have where you can't engage in electioneering within 100 yards of a polling station or whatever the rule might be. In this case, uh, the voting will be open for a a much longer time. We'll have voting open for at least six hours tomorrow, and um, everybody's going to be at home. So those delegates who normally would be in the same space and have an incentive to vote, we want to make sure that they still have that incentive. So if we have some candidates who are making telephone calls, sending emails, shooting texts out to delegates to remind them to vote, honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think that's a a great idea to get people engaged and to get them to not forget to vote. And um, so, yeah, that is a little bit of a, a difference that we have this year. I don't know if that will be permanent or if that will be... Uh, something that that we revert back to uh, not doing when ballots are open but you know it's very different circumstance Uh, normally balloting is open for about 15 minutes in this case balloting is going to be open for much longer
2: our our, our time has run out jeff again we're speaking to jeff merchant utah democratic party chairman uh, on the occasion of uh, the the democratic convention uh, taking place right now virtually Uh, i want to ask you one last question before we go though and a quick uh, answer as you can You you mention next year, the next convention, rather, uh, and how things may look. Do you think you've learned lessons or picked up practices uh, this year that may translate into years down the road? Or do you think you'll return to uh, the way conventions have, well, conventionally been run?
0: Yeah, I think that it would be a real tragedy if we don't take the things that we have learned from this experience and incorporate them into our conventions in the future i absolutely and wholeheartedly endorse the idea of an in-person convention i think it's important but there are certainly things that we have learned this time around that have provided a lot more access to people a lot more involvement a lot more education and frankly a lot more participation so we're looking forward to uh very high turnout tomorrow and a really successful day
2: all right very good jeff uh, tomorrow results about what time should we expect them
0: well, we're not entirely sure. We're hoping that we'll have results before uh, before about 6 o'clock. Okay. So uh, don't quote me on that. All right, so fair you know, enough. Everybody's just heard me say it. Yeah. <laughs> All
2: right, we'll, we'll give see. you some leeway. Okay. All right, hey, Jeff Merchant, Utah. You, Likewise, Sarah. I look forward to speaking again soon. I, I, I'm so late. I'm sorry. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we'll be speaking to Derek Brown, uh, who is chairman of the Utah uh, Republican Party. My guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back. I'm so sorry I didn't mention this earlier. You heard Nick there in the newscast report that there's been a slight change in scheduling. We thus far have been become accustomed to hearing from Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist, at about 1.30. Well, there's been a slight change to that. We're going to push it back by an hour. Still uh, during this program, but uh, at 2.30 now, we will hear from Dr. Angela Dunn. She'll provide situational updates uh, on the numbers, the facts and figures relating to COVID-19 here in the state. We'll also be hearing from Governor Gary Herbert. And let me point something out. Uh, this is a, a small little thing, but it caught my ear just yesterday as the governor was wrapping up his remarks when he addressed the media during yesterday's press conference. He said, uh, he said uh, well, we, we might be back together tomorrow. We, meaning the governor, may participate. He, he, he kind of comes and goes. We get Dr. Angela done every day, and uh, we get the governor sporadically when there are big announcements to make. So uh, it is interesting that he is participating today. And then yesterday, as he was wrapping up, he said, he said uh, we may get back together tomorrow. I may have something interesting to report. Now, we reached out to the governor's office afterwards and said, well, what's, uh, what's the governor talking about there? What, what, what might we hear tomorrow? And, uh, and it, we didn't get an answer. And so anyway, I just point out that there may be something. This is all speculative, and I'm trying to read tea leaves and between the lines and all that. It may be nothing. Uh, but for some reason, uh, the governor is participating today. I look forward to finding out just what that reason is uh, as he joins Dr. Angela Dunn for the situational update on the coronavirus. Again, that uh, a change in time. Uh, we're going to hear from the governor and Dr. Dunn at 2:30 today. Now, uh, I'm going to continue my conversation now uh, regarding the conventions here in the state of Utah. I almost have like a nostalgic uh, and romantic relationship with the uh, both the Democrat and Republican conventions. I've worked in news uh, here in Utah for for so long and I've attended so many of these conventions that it's it's almost like a reunion. You see a lot of uh, faces you don't often see. You get to kind of get back together with old friends as the candidates make their case to the delegates and ultimately the voting commences. Uh, Well, coronavirus this year changed all that and the uh, the party chairmen have had to uh, put their heads uh, together with their respective teams and come up with alternative ways to to execute uh, this important task uh, of selecting uh, participants in the primary election. So uh, we're going to continue the conversation. We just heard from Jeff Merchant how things are going on uh, on the Democrat side. Now on the line, we have Derek Brown, uh, chairman of the Utah Republican Party, joining us on the line now. Sir, how are you? I'm good, Lee. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Still broadcasting from my guest bedroom, missing human interaction and contact. So <laughs> I guess I could be a bit better, but otherwise, all is well. Uh, tell me, you are in the midst of your convention now. You uh, put out a press release just yesterday, right after you kicked things off, uh, claiming that things are going pretty well. Give me an update. How are things standing now?
1: Oh, it's it's fantastic. I don't think we've ever seen the level of participation and interest from delegates that we are seeing now. I mean, we we just opened up voting yesterday, and by this morning. Over half of the delegates in the state who are registered to vote have already voted, and so it's—I mean—the the level of interest, the level of participation is fantastic. And I'm, I'm hearing from delegates all over the state, basically saying, "Hey, you know, why should we ever do an in-person convention again? This one is so much better." Now, for someone who's nostalgic like you, you probably won't like that. And of course, we'll we'll continue to do in-person conventions, but. But that, for me, is a success to have people going, hey, I love this. I love that I was able to do it all from the, you know, from my office, vote, get to know delegates, candidates, that whole thing. So it's, it's been a good process.
2: Hey, uh, hey, Producer Amy, check this out. Let's see if I can get them to answer this question. So you mentioned that uh, you have about half the delegates have already voted. Any chance you'll share with me some preliminary results?
1: Um, there are no results, sorry. <laughs> That's what everyone's asking for, but the results will be announced all, for all the races all at the same time tomorrow night. All so right. voting closes tomorrow afternoon, and then it'll take several hours for us to work through the tabulations, make sure everything is correct. Uh, we're doing ranked choice voting for a number of the races, for any race where there's three or more candidates. And so that increases the level of complexity, but it, it makes it a lot easier district. We have 12 candidates. So rather than doing a round after round after round where you eliminate one person, it happens all at one time.
2: Yeah. Uh, Let me ask you this. In this uh, release, you had some comments from a few delegates, including Holly Richardson, a name many folks know, uh, and it is that they are very happy with how things went. In fact, Holly went as far as to say uh, she hopes we never go back to the old days, that voting this year uh, has been quick and easy, and that this year's convention has been her favorite so far. Uh, now, you you said that in-person conventions are very important and likely to be the practice of the future. I sure hope that's the, the, the way things go, but there are likely to be uh, lessons we've learned this year that may be applied to future years. A- any sense of what we have experienced uh, this year that may show up in years to come?
1: Well, I love the fact that the candidates have done a really good job. I mean, we've got, we've got seven different governor candidates, for instance. All of whom are phenomenal candidates who have done a really good job of reaching out to delegates through everything from Zoom to Skype to FaceTime, to you name it. And I think the one thing that we're going to see for a in- long-term impact is delegates are used to that. I mean, I love the fact that we have hundreds of delegates in their 70s and 80s who are logging into Zoom process and this has given us an opportunity to do it and so that's one thing that i think will will remain in the future is the party using that kind of technology and the and the candidate.
2: very good uh, you, you're comfortable with the security i know new technology sometimes presents new challenges but, but security is not a question you you're, you'll be you, the system you have in place you, you're confident and comfortable that uh, the accurate votes are being transmitted to the party
1: Absolutely. It's a secure system, and I've even engaged the National Cybersecurity Center to do a uh, just sort of function as a watchdog and provide a full audit after the fact, and so we're very comfortable with that. And in fact, this is the same system that five different counties used in this last weekend when they have their individual county conventions. And so we had a chance to observe it, watch how that works, see the outcomes. And, uh, and we'll be, that's what we're using right now. So there's yes. voting going on, as we speak, by many delegates around the state from their homes. So it's, it's kind of a fun process.
2: Very cool. Uh, about what time tomorrow you think we'll get some results?
1: That's a good question.
2: We, we will stop around 5 o'clock, but there are
1: some delegates who may not have the technology available. Mm. And so we allow them to vote by voice. And so they call in. And so it'll take a while for that, those folks in the line to get cleared out, and then we're going to have a, a process where we do the uh, sort of the secure analysis, the tabulation. My guess is it'll be later in the evening, 9 o'clock or so. But we will, as soon as we have those results, we
2: will announce them. Outstanding. Uh, Derek Brown, Utah GOP Chair. Sir, I'm grateful to you uh, for your conversation with me. Uh, let me ask you this before I let you go. Uh, any real close races we should be keeping our eyes on? I mean, say
1: that again? I couldn't uh, hear you. What's that? The, the
2: more close races we should be keeping our eye on in particular?
1: Yeah, you know, the, the big race that people are talking about, of course, is the governor's race, where we've had a lot of different interests in that. Uh, we, had, uh, we have the 1st the, the Congressional District and 4th Congressional District both have a lot of interest. And a lot of people are waiting to see kind of how those turn out. So I'm looking forward to that.
2: Yeah, as am I. Uh, Derek Brown, thanks again for your time. Uh, Best of luck to you this weekend. Look forward to seeing how all this shakes out, all right? All right. Hey, thanks. Take care. All righty. We're going to take a quick break here, get a little bit of a newscast. And when we come back, uh, I had a conversation earlier this morning with Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. As you know, she and I spoke earlier, but something came up. Uh, There's an effort being undertaken in a a public-private partnership has formed between Salt Lake City and Ivory Homes. It has to do with planting trees, some 1,000 of them around the city. We'll get all those details next when I share with you my conversation with Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall. Ahead on live mic, I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.